welcome to this week's edition of An Hour of Your Life. My name is Kim. And I am Steve, and we have a show. You know what? I think this is going to be a fairly serious show. It is. I So, as we were kind of working on this show, um, it actually kind of came together at the last minute, but I... I'm really excited. Um, to me, this is so uh, very soon. It's going to be my favorite month of the year. And, but I think that this is almost like a perfect segue because this is real world terrifying to me. I, so tonight we're going to be talking about um, a, a film on Netflix. You may have seen it. If not, I cannot recommend it enough. It's called The Social Dilemma. Uh, and so... Well, that was kind of inspired. I mean, there's a lot of other yeah. stuff that's going to be playing into this. Yeah. So uh, if you're not familiar with The Social Dilemma, first of all, I uh, I think that you would really benefit from watching it. Um, you know, listeners that have been with us for a while know my passion about media literacy. And so, of course, I went completely ape over this movie. Um, it is a documentary about the sort of the the history of social media and the dangers of social media. Um, but there are a lot of interviews with people like Justin Rosenstein, who uh, was head of the team that invented the like button on Facebook and um, different kind of tech giants uh, behind Twitter and Facebook and Google, um, the guys that created all of it. But simultaneously, mixed in with interviews with these guys is kind of a reenactment story of a family who has, um, you know, and how technology affects them and how being on their phones affects them um, and, you know, and and just kind of how it changes the, the family dynamic um, and it's really, I thought, well put together. Yeah. So let me just say, though, as our disclaimer, we are not per- picking on any particular social media platform, but we are going to mention some just to give examples. Understanding, like, if we say Facebook, there are other social media platforms that are like Facebook or TikTok or sure and stuff like that. So we're just going to use some that are out there that most people we think are going to be familiar with. But we're not picking on any no, not at all single one. And I think when we get through this interview, you're going to find out that or not it's interview. An interview. Yeah, when, yeah, when we get through this show. episode, it I think it's going to be clear that none of this was intended, and we're going to talk about unintended no. consequences. And you know what really interested me that I never really thought about? One of the people that they interviewed was um, like one of the head guys at Google. And so basically kind of the premise of um, The Social Dilemma, the film, is that they are um, – I, I think that it's really we'll – in. Let's get into that. I, I think that it's best summed up in, there was a quote from the movie that said, if you're not paying for the product, you are the product. Um, and so that's really part of the premise of it is that you, all of the data that you are providing to these companies is being sold. And I never really thought about Google as social media, but in, in the film, Google is definitely presented as one of those worst offenders of using your your stuff. Well, I'm not going to be laying blame on Google because no, I, I was going to say search engines and not try to label and pick anybody out. I'm but, just specifically saying Google because Google was was the one that they talked about in the movie. Yeah. And the people from Google are the ones they interviewed in the movie. Okay. So with social media, there are a lot of pluses. And let me cover just some of the pluses that are out there. Like, and, and this isn't all-encompassing. Like, people have been able to find organs through organ donors through social media. Families have been reunited. Uh, you can use Facebook and these other platforms, Instagram, for sharing families and friend photos. Like, we do this with my mom because we don't send her pictures all the time. Mm-hmm. But she does have a Facebook account, and so we post pictures on Facebook and she's able to keep up with that, and the family's able to see that. We have family groups where we post stuff about reunions and how people are doing with their health and stuff like that. So there's a lot of good aspect to social media. 
they're when I say like-minded groups, like I like to follow different military pages. One of my favorite pages that I like to follow is uh, color restorations of World War One and World War Two pictures. I think that's just fascinating because we're used to seeing these things in black and white, but when you see people from World War One and now all of a sudden it's done in color and it's done very well in color. It looks some of these pictures look like they could have been taken yesterday with mm-hmm. reenactors and the people look just like us. I think we have this thing in our mind that people back then look different. Yeah, it makes they, history real. Yeah, it exactly it yeah. does that. And so when I say like-minded groups, you can follow different pages or different groups that will that pique your interest. And we're going to, like Kim said, we're going to talk about the money and how that all gets played into this. Uh, Information sharing and collaboration. One of the good things about Google is Google Docs. Kim and I use that. We're using it right now that I take my notes and I can put it on Google Docs. Kim can open it up. We can edit. You know, I think most people are familiar, but some of our people may not be. We can edit and she can see the edits and types. As we go, not that I'm that good that I can type <laughs> and talk and do all that. But we're going to talk a little bit too about um, the information sharing later. Um, it the internet has changed the way it it literally has changed our brains, and we're going to get into that a little bit. Yeah, yeah, and and like data collection for shopping. Okay, that can be a good thing because if I'm looking for a hammock. I can I can go to uh, Amazon and I can type in hammock and I can start looking at hammocks and things like that. And guess what shows up on my Facebook feed? And we're going to talk about hammocks and we'll, we'll talk about that. But is that and a ha- good thing? Well, yes and no. Mm. Yes and no because, yeah, it is. It is a good thing because I'm interested in hammocks. Now I'm seeing these things where I can look at other hammocks and I can compare and shop, but we'll we'll get into how much, and we'll, I'll say this later. It's not about the data that's being sold; it's how the data that's being sold is being used, and right. there's a difference right yeah. there of how that's going to happen. Yeah, so, that's that's really interesting because the way that was one of the things like you always, I mean, you hear things about you got to be careful; they're they're collecting your data, and, and you know, you hear jokes about you search for something like what you just said. You search for something on Amazon, and it shows up on your Facebook. And I always was okay with that because I thought, well, uh, any ads that are more targeted to me, I appreciate that. But there is a fine line there. And sometimes it's the products isn't bad, but it's the other social and psychological effects. And we're going to get deep into that. Yeah. That are playing with us. Really stuff that I never even had and, any idea. Yeah. And I think as long as we're aware of it, we, we are much better off. I mean, we, we talk, I said, yeah. the unintended consequences. They talked about in this movie, the ethical design and how to make the internet less addicting. And this all gets into it. Look, like it or not, it's a business model, and mm-hmm. it's intended to keep you on their platform. Google, Facebook, all the platforms, they want you on there because every time you click or you scroll, you hit the button to grow up and down, you're going to get new ads. Yeah. And even if you only get 1%, that is huge dollars when That's you're talking about the billions, billions of dollars. Billions of dollars. So it, it, it doesn't take much to make this happen, and... Their sole interest is selling ads and making money, and it doesn't take a lot. So advertisers are going to these social media platforms and doing this, and there it gets. We're going to get very deep into the psychology of how all this works. That they their sole job, Google's job, is to keep you on Google as much as they can because yeah, it's, it's, those are ads right, that people like are paying I said. for. If yeah. you're not paying for the product, then you are the product. Like yeah. you think Facebook is free, you think Google is free, but if you're not paying for it, you're it. And I, so one of the really eye opening, like super, I said it's scary to me. One of the super scary things to me from the film was that it, they literally can tell how long you are spending looking at a certain ad. And if you're not looking at it long enough, then they don't 
The like if you, you're not spending enough time on it, then they they don't think that you're interested in that, and so they're going to move on to something else to that find you out. Are spending more time on. And what's really scary about this is every click, every like, everything that you have ever done on the internet, someone has that data. Yeah. And it's not again. It's not the fact that they're selling data to somebody. It's how they are using and manipulating that data to just like they said, like if I said I was on hammocks, all of a sudden I'm getting these ads, and this is really simplifying, I'm getting all these ads for hammocks, but if all of a sudden I stop. Then, yeah, the hammock manufacturers are like, we need to re-engage him, what can we do? Yeah, well, it's not even the hammock manufacturers, it's the... The people who are controlling it. Now, look, folks, I understand, and I think you know where I stand on conspiracy theories, and this stuff sounds like flat earth conspiracy theory, conspiracy <laughs> theory, theory stuff, but it's not. Boy, that's a tongue twister. It, yeah. Yeah. But uh, it, it's not. This is real. It's happening. Yeah. It, I it's mean, there. And that's why, you know, I give, it, it, like I said, we. I, I, that's what I loved most about this film is that they are, it's not just like the wackos. It, it is the inventor of the like button that they interviewed that's yeah. saying this stuff. Yeah. It's the creators of, of the, the stuff that you're consuming. It's not just, you know, your crazy uncle that's waving his weird flags. It's, it's it's really intelligent people. Um, we're later on. I'm going to talk about an article um, from World Psychiatry. Uh, it's a I mean, scholarly journals are saying the same stuff. It's not it's not nut jobs. It, this is this is the real deal. Okay. If one thing from the movie that I did pick up, and I, we said the business model is intended to keep you on their platform. Advertisers are paying. It's a marketplace, and if you can keep this in mind, it's human futures. Yeah, that it, was one thing. That's, we, we are the future. We're the product that they're trying to sell. And, and yeah, and trafficking. Yeah. So, yeah, that was interesting. There was a lady that was on there that was talking about, um, you know, it's just like we trade pork belly futures or oil futures or whatever. Um, in the digital marketplace, we, we are... Equivalent to pork bellies, we're, like we're I'm a pork belly. You yeah, know. I mean, essentially, if, yes. Like, if COVID lockdown lasts too much longer, I will be a pork. <laughs> belly. Today, we had to take Rupert. We didn't oh, have. Well, we we did. We did. It was time we're for his ready. shots. Yeah, we're and what, going what on did they say? And, on a scale of so, <laughs> one, to, one to ten, he should be no, a five. No, 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 no. And okay, so we we're getting ready to go on vacation next week, um, and we're taking the boys with us. And so I wanted to make sure that they're up to date on all their shots and stuff because we're going camping. No in the parvo, woods. no rabies. Yeah. So. Um, and we, we know that and he, it's time for the, they get them. They do. Yeah. Year, year, um, but I, you know, and so he, historically Rupert has always been a little overweight because he's a much more sedentary dog than Jack who just runs all day. And he knew when you were running the daycare where to <laughs> hang out underneath <laughs> the high chairs. True. We, when he's, I, he's wa- not a dummy. When I was running the nook, we were a little bit more mindful of it. Um, you know, Kellen would take him on regular walks and, and we would watch his food intake a little bit more. Uh, but I guess we just got complacent that, you know, we, we figured that he would probably lose weight because there's not getting all of these table scraps anymore. But in fact, the opposite is true. Um, and he, he's put on quite a bit. Cause um, he, when he so- lays down, he's just like, <laughs> he makes like this old man groan noise. Well, he is so an old we, man now. We took him to the vet today, and they're the way that they measure. They look at like three different things, um, and body weight is actually very little of what they look at. He's a happy dog. He is a happy dog. So they base it on like a scale of one to nine, one being completely emaciated, nine being essentially like a barrel with a face. <laughs> and the goal is to be a five, like right in the mid range. And the, do- the doctor said, I mean, Rupert, you know, he's, he's far away from a nine, but I'd put him at maybe a seven or an eight. <laughs> so, oh no. Where, That's where, terrible. Where, where did they place Jack? Um, they didn't. Jack is probably a five. I would say Jack, I, I Jack's would, a four or five. Yeah, we didn't. He still runs. I would say Jack is probably a five. He yeah. is, I think, like the perfect specimen of what he's supposed to be. And Jack is his. This dog, his tail never stops wagging. 
He's, he's like an idiot. He just, his tail just keeps wagging. Yes. Okay, we got to get back. Okay, <laughs> Let's back, get back to the back, show. Back How did to, we even get at, on the dogs? Oh, pork belly. Pork belly. Yeah, you're okay. you're a pork belly. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, companies know who you are by your browsing. Every time you hit like, every time you hit, if you do, if you hit the anger button, they that data is collected and it's turned into statistics. It turned into percentages. And it builds a profile on you, and these companies have that. And not so much the, the hammock company, but the people who are doing the marketing and the advertising at the social media platforms, and they are using that data to target you specifically. It's so interesting that you mentioned the anger button. Um, I didn't even think about this until you just said something about it. So we mentioned Justin Rosenstein, who invented the like button, um, I mean, not just him. He was the head of the team that invented the like button. And he, in one of, in his interview, he said, we never intended it to be anything bad. We wanted it to, you know, be something positive for the world. Like, Positivity oh, hey. was, was his word. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, it, it's only been recently that there was like the anger button or the sad button. And I never really th- stopped to think until you just said something that that is data mining too. Like that's good to know oh, yeah, that this thing makes you angry. And so if we want to manipulate your and your emotions, emotions, then we we're going to pay attention to this. There is this so much reaction psychology built into this. And then he also said that you know, we I, we're going to talk about unintended consequences. Mm. And like he said, this like button, they thought that when they invented this, this would be like a thing for positivity like, "Hey, I like that, and that would be a good thing. Never, he said, never in their wildest dreams did they ever figure that a teen girl or a preteen girl would get suicidal or be cutting herself because she posts something and she doesn't get enough likes it's or so, comparing it to her friends, and she's cutting herself now. Yeah, and they so never ever dreamed that this could happen. The, it really delves into sort of the darker side of human nature and like how fragile our minds are, and how. Um, and I mean, I guess we can talk. We can, you know, why don't we just get into it now? Um, well, let me let me talk about the minuses okay. before we get too far into that because okay. we we talked about the pluses. And like you know, before we get into that, I'm sure Uncle Sam is getting his data too for this for oh for you good know reasons, it. for bad reasons. You know, th- there's a lot of stuff going on in the world, and there's a lot of people who don't like the United States, and so I'm sure Uncle Sam is able to use the same type of technology to collect data and to find out what's going on. But let's talk about the minuses. Family isolation was one of the big things, mm-hmm. and that w- and you said during the they had this. Made up family, right? And that was one of the things that you know, like bringing your telephones to dinner. You just can't sit down and have dinner and have a conversation, and it's isolating people because they'll go through and they'll just take their phones and they'll sit there in the evening and just on their phones, yeah. and there's no social rea- interaction with family. And it's interesting because that was also one of your pluses that you said. Like you mentioned your mom who uses Facebook to keep up with, um, you know, she's she is, what, 86? Seven. 87. And so she, you know, she is high risk for COVID, so she does not leave the house. Um, and so well, she, really but that's, she's isolated right now. Right. So. so that's really kind of her way of the outside world. But at the same time, like it there, I mean, there's a flip side to that coin that, but yeah, like, it's great to look at if, your family pictures and stuff. But, but if we were sitting down at the dinner table or we're sitting out there and we're trying to have a conversation, if you're on your phone and I couldn't even get a word in with you because oh wait 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 I'm on my phone right then that's that can be a problem and I'm not and saying she that's doesn't. happened that's yeah an no yeah. yeah and your mom yeah. doesn't do that no. but there are I mean there are plenty yeah. of people out there who do yeah. and right now TikTok is in the news because of the risk of spying that's out there and I just talked to an IT guy who kind of deals with this stuff. And he said it is a very real threat, and it's out there. And he's actually kind of glad this isn't happening because you know, we're sitting here, we're talking about, we think of this at such a surface level. Oh, well, big deal. They're going to collect that I like hammocks. No, mm-hmm. there is a lot more information and data mining that's going on than we can even comprehend that is dangerous Yeah, that's you- out there. And that's why TikTok is being banned. And it's not just, you know... For all the anti-Trumpers, it's not just Trump. It is 
the the big people who are into the yeah. This so stuff are first of all, this. let me tell yeah. you, if you're a TikTok person and you're sad about TikTok getting banned or whatever, something new will come along. Exactly. Let me remind you of Vine and everything that came before TikTok. There, there will be something to fill the gap. I yeah. promise you. Yeah. But you mentioned a few minutes ago. You said something about Uncle Sam using data mining. Um, one of the things that they talked about in the social dilemma was the fact that Russia found a Facebook loophole. Um, and they used the data that is perfectly legal and totally available for them to get. And they used it to manipulate for political gain. Yeah. So it's not just America, it's other, other nations that are doing this to their, to their people and to us. And And, and, and like with one of the things with TikTok, so kids are sitting there doing this and they, they, some kids are even getting manipulating their faces with surgery to look like the filters. Mm. But believe it or not, this is happening. People are getting, and what parents are allowing them to do this, and maybe what, their teens. What physicians are, are what doing physicians this. Is, but they, they're trying to alter their faces to look like the filters they're getting off of TikTok and some of these other social it's, media platforms. It's like we're really living in a dystopian yeah. novel right yeah. now. Like it's it, really, yeah. and ugh. The fake news that's out there, and yes, there is fake news, there are consequences. We talked about this back when we talked about like the five G. People are going out there, they hear stuff, you know, the 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 Oh yeah. The conspiracy theory. I talked about this with somebody at work yeah. earlier. Yeah. The, and it sounds laughable, but there are people that really believe it. And that, it's you mentioned the Lion King at one point in one of the shows and how there's like that one scene with the beetle and you can't tell what's real and what's not real. And we, you and I have talked about that before, about how yeah. you can so easily digitally manipulate things. Well, they just recently did a thing with uh, former President Nixon, who didn't do this, but they made a speech that he could have said that if the moon landing hadn't gone well, and it was, it looked like it could have been real. Yeah. Some other dangers to this on the the minus side of this is. Just the targeted data collection, the the dangers to children with all the sex stuff, with the human yeah. trafficking, with all this stuff. That's that it's a dangerous world out there for the kids, and social media plays a big, big part of this. And even more so than physical danger, um, I've I've heard numerous studies that say that from an emotional and mental standpoint, kids cannot handle. Um, what we are throwing at them. So um, I mentioned an article that I read earlier in World Psychology. Um, I want to share a quote from that article that just really hit home with me. Um, They said, for the first time in human history, the majority of people living in the developed world have access to almost all factual information in existence. And non-factual. Literally at their fingertips. Our brains cannot handle that. We are wired um, like gen- evolution from an evolutionary standpoint. We can handle about 150 people, not all of the information ever from human existence available at the click of a button. Wow. We Ooh. can't handle it. I should have had a button for that. I I, I, tur- I lost the mic because I turned around to look at my buttons. What button were you going to push? I don't know. I, was, I had to look. But it, We can't handle it. Our since brains ni- are not equipped. Since the 1960s, the, the data and the technology has expanded trillions of times where our brain hasn't evolved like that. But the is exactly yeah. what you're saying. But the data has gone up like a trillion times would, more than what we had in the '60s, and that's not an exaggeration. That trillion. That's oh, yeah. not me just throwing that out. That is the real amount of data that's now available, and how technology is advanced. And I, I would venture to say that. even beyond the '60s. So, um, mm-hmm. in the in kind of the research that I did, um, the internet. The first workable internet was created in the 1960s, but the World Wide Web went live on August 6th, 1991. 1991. Barely, what, 20 years ago? Yeah. It's in in 20 years' time. Look at what has happened. It is insane to me. 
Yeah, but unbelievable. But I'm talking about is like the the technology. You know, we, we talk about the chips and all this stuff. And it's yeah. That, that's where I was getting that measurement from right there. And that again, that was not an exaggeration. It's yeah. like a, the technology has expanded like a trillion times since the '60s. But like you're saying, the World Wide Web has changed everything, just like the microprocessor yeah. has changed everything. I would venture to say that. Um, so I remember um, for one of my uh, my health classes for for um, my coding certificate, we had to talk about like what do we think was the medical invention that most affected society or something like that. And I, I stood my ground in my group and I said, the microprocessor totally revolutionized the entire world. I believe that. I mean, you can't, it it just, uh, the, uh, it's, it really, I think that's what really struck a nerve with me with this quote is that it's literally every piece of factual information in existence you can get right now. Yeah. We talk about this all the time. Why wonder about anything? And it's, We've and Google, it's, and it's there. And when you look at your phone, you can compare your phone to a slot machine. If you've ever played a slot machine, I've seen people in Vegas. They just throw those nickels or dimes or quarters or dollars or whatever, and they can't stop. It's the same thing. If your phone notification goes off, it's sometimes it's an uncontrollable thing that you have to look down and you have to see what happened. It's like tagging in photos. If you see a notification that you've been tagged in a photo, you can't help it. You, yeah. You're going to have to open it up and scroll down and see and, and see what you were tagged in. And every time you scroll down to see what it is, boom, you're getting a new ad. And that that's by design. And again, it's go back to that 1%. And 1% is big money. It's big business. And that's the whole, again, this whole thing is designed to keep you on their social media platform. Oh yeah. Because money is being made big time with this. And that's one of the things in the um like the dramatization part of the movie. Um I'm not really giving too much away that there is um one of the characters in the film agrees to go for what is it like a week or something without a cell phone. And guess what? And in so in Spoiler his cell alert. phone, I know Spoiler right. Spoiler alert. In his cell phone, there are like these three guys um who basically like it's their job. They kind of represent the social media empire, it's I guess. Big social media. Yeah, yeah, essentially. <laughs> and so um, you know, the kid is gone for a couple of days and without using and his cell suffering. phone. And he's suffering. He really is. And so the guys, like the social media guys that live inside his cell phone are freaking out and they're like, all right, we know that he likes this girl. Yeah, they're like, we know that he likes this girl, so let's, um, you know, post a notification that he, that his ex-girlfriend is now hanging out with a new guy or something. And so he sees the notification like pop up on his phone. And it's a real notification from the girl, but yeah, it'll pop but up on it's his. just yeah. the way that they manipulate it. And mm-hmm. after I watched that, I was like, "Oh my gosh, I really." There are so Pinterest. Like, I don't really think of Pinterest as social media, but I guess it is. It I, sounds harmless, doesn't it? It does because you know, like, I get on Pinterest. You go there for cute ideas for ideas of like what what kind of plants. You say ideas much better than I do. <laughs> like, I love plants, and so I go on Pinterest to see what kind of plants grow in you know best in windows or in whatever whatever and i noticed after i watched the film i became more aware that if i hadn't been on pinterest for a couple of days like i would get a pop up notification of oh here's these pins that you might have missed out on versus if i go i don't know that that was appropriate at that point but i thought i thought it was that's okay. why i pushed the button but if i go for a couple of weeks they kind of have given up on me and they don't say, hey, here's all these pins that you missed. Yeah, it's the psychology of this is so much deeper than we can even begin to describe in this podcast. I mean, it's just stuff you're going to have to research and look up because we're we're only going to have an hour, but you just got to believe and trust us that the psychology in this is so much deeper than what we're able to describe. The marketing manipulation, the political manipulation. Oh, yeah. The social manipulation. Again, it's all designed to 
for someone to make money. Now, the political manipulation is a little bit different, maybe because, you know, Trump wants to be president, Biden wants to be president. But again, that's there's like ad- the same story in a different book. Yeah. Essentially. But, like, but, it's, but still, there's ads yeah. and people are making money off this. Yeah. I and and it's so interesting. Um but, but you mentioned the, the kids earlier and and like wanting to like these girls wanting to harm themselves. Um and I really think that there is it's it's Can I give an example? Yeah. Okay. So kids are affected by the comments. So think about it. When when kids have posted selfies they, the the self esteem and, and I, yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't mean to pick on like teenage and preteen girls, but really this is the it's market. It's a weird age. That, yeah, and you were you were a yeah. teen and preteen oh, girl, I so you understand totally exactly agree. what I'm talking about. Absolutely. But, but so they're going to post a picture of themselves out there, and they're they're expecting to get comments. Oh, like you're so beautiful. That's so cute. Blah blah blah. But then I don't want to get. But, right. But, but they're girls. And they're going to start getting those catty comments back, yeah. like, ooh, you know, you, your cheeks look a little puffy. Right. And, that, and all of a sudden now she is... She's got an eating disorder. She's got an eating disorder. Right. And I... So I... I, I one of the things that I read was that... Um, and it's a really great point of real-world rejection versus online rejection, Real world rejection, we because we experience rejection in the real world, but it's so much more subtle than online rejection because online rejection is quantifiable and everyone can see it. Yes, it's quantified. You can see how many people like your picture versus if you are in the real world, somebody may, you know, somebody may walk past you. And think that you're not attractive or that you are attractive. And you're not going to really, I mean, the only way that you're going to notice is if you're really paying attention and they may make a weird face at you or they may, if they think you're attractive, they may like stare at you for a half a second longer or whatever. In in the old days, we talked about girls that would walk by construction workers. They're going to get get catcalled or whatever, or even, or even um, just like, watching somebody, a girl or a guy, watching them like walk by, even without the cat call, it's so much more subtle than online where it's a definite, definite yes, it's a definite like, or it's a definite not like. Hospitalizations for preteen girls for this type of thing are up with this generation over 160% from the generation before. Preteen suicides are significantly up from one generation ago, and it's all being a. Is it Gen X we're in right now? Uh, no, we're Gen Z. Okay, I so think it's, Gen it's, Z is like early twenty, late teens, early twenties. Yeah, well, Gen X has been hit particularly hard by this. Gen, Gen X Z, is like the thirties and forties. Yeah, and they've been hit, and then Gen, Gen Z is coming into this too, and mm. they're being hit really, really hard with this, and it's being attributed to. The, yeah, the those quantifiable, yeah, of social media, and it it as you know, we have five girls in our family, five little girls, and it's terrifying to me to think. And one of them is getting ready to go through, you know, her teen years, and it just scares me so badly. And and it's even different. I mean, we, you know, I. I kind of came of age when the internet came of age, I guess. And so, um, it's, it's, I think it's really interesting for Gen X and millennials to kind of watch the fallout of all of this, because we are the ones that kind of created it and built it and made it bigger. And now there's no, there's no quantifiable evidence uh, of like this, the kids that are coming up now, Gen Z and beyond are the first ones that we can really study cradle to grave of what has happened as a result of this exposure. Yeah, and the, and one of the comparisons they said is like w- when the kid, I'll call it the kid, when the kid gets lonely or sad, that phone is there and they, they, they likened it to a digital pacifier. I would agree with that. Yeah. 
as somebody who suffers from clinical depression, like it really, it does it. And it's, and scientifically speaking, there is a dopamine. Um, it's, it's almost like a Pavlovian thing. There's a dopamine rush when you, and it's interesting too, because it's different versus entertainment versus work. Even in our brains, like we can still differentiate in in a, a virtual world. If it's something that we want to look at, um, there is that sort of dopamine rush of excitement scrolling back and forth between multiple things. Um, you get kind of a rush of excitement of what's the next thing. And then when you see the next thing, it's an immediate come down, but you don't get that if you're doing, um, work related things. Well, it's, it, this, this study that I read was super fascinating because you can't, uh, we're having a really hard time, doing we think that we're being more productive by doing multitasking but actually we're not well some say that as a society just like when tv came out tv was uh it was terrible it it, it was the ruin of society because tv because you're going to see all this stuff some people say that we're going to adapt to this eventually but as we said earlier because of the brain, our brains can only handle so much, and the information flow is so great. It, it you can't compare it to yeah it's when like a TV first hose came in. versus a fire hydrant. Yeah, it's it it can't be compared to that. And the algorithms that the companies are using that are designed, it, they're designed to monitor what we're looking at, and then they maximize the viewing, what you're seeing, the order and what you're seeing. So if they see that you're lingering someplace the algorithms will catch that and it will feed in. And again, it's the ads that you are supposed to see. Right. And if they see that you're scrolling past and folks, it sounds like, humble. it does. It sounds, it sounds crazy, but, but it, it, it's, how I, it works. it's really, if honestly, they, they they measure and again, it sounds crazy, but they measure how long you're staying on that ad or how long you're staying on that. If you're scrolling by, guess what? You're not going to see that stuff much. Right. But if you're hanging on to hammocks, you're going to see more yep. stuff about hammocks showing up. Yeah. It's, it's, it's crazy the way it works. Um, and honestly, like, so some of the things about your, your brain, it is beyond. Okay. So a little bit of, um, you know, we like to do your research and educate yourself. Allow me to educate you a little bit on on neuroplasticity. You may have heard that on a, there's an ad for an app, ironically enough, that proposes to kind of rewire your brain and give you, um, you know, kind of better cognition. And that's based in fact. Um, your brain is is malleable. It's kind of like Play-Doh, and social media is literally rewiring our brain. There was a study that said that six weeks worth of engaging in an online role-playing game caused significant reductions in the part of the brain associated with impulse control and decision-making. So it's turning, literally turning your brain to mush. But interestingly... It's it's, it's not even us. It's these computers that they've designed... It, it just this past week, we saw where computers begin to communicate in their own computer language with each other. Now, it was very... It's basic. very rudimentary, yeah, and but, it's like, yeah. But it had, and we still have control. They shut it down. They shut it down, <laughs> but these computers had started talking to each other. It's, it's like really that, scary. It, it's scary. What now, If we keep progressing at the rate we have, you know, within a year... Where will this be? Will yeah. we be able to shut it down? And that that is a real fear. It's like what was it? War games back the movies from like it was like the late eighties war games mm-hmm. where they couldn't shut. Let's play thermonuclear war. <laughs> no, we don't want to play thermonuclear war. <laughs> Too late. Too late. And the computer just took over. And yeah, you know, back then we uh, thought, what is it? Hal nine thousand. Yeah, is that what it was? I, I don't from remember. A space oddity. Or Space Odyssey. But, but back then, we kind of laughed at, oh, what fantasy. But we are almost in that stage. It really? It, yeah. The computers are now talking to each other. <sighs> yeah. A search engine will give you different results based off your history. Like, if I start to type in whatever, you know how it will, like, 
fill yeah. in for you. Based off what I've searched, it will give different results from what you've searched. And well, that's all based off what they are anticipating our wants and our needs are. And the film, it talked about how it's not even based off of our search history. I mean, it is to to an extent, but it's also based on geography, like where you live. Yeah, like maybe or where you're at right then. You know, maybe That's if you live so in weird. You know, in a state that if you're in you know, a red we're, state we're versus a blue state. Or you know, we'll stereotype. If yeah. you're like in Colorado, you're gonna be more in tune to nature. So maybe you're gonna start seeing stuff more yeah, is with, global warming yeah a hoax versus if is you're in, global warming you know whatever real yeah and if you don't believe it you can check yourself and do this with a friend yeah and, and start doing it and compare to see what just pops up oh, that's a good what, idea what fills it out yeah um so speaking of google um it's really interesting so a little bit of other uh sort of educational stuff our brain handles two main types of information. There's semantic information and transactive information or well, memory. It's ex- memory. Explain those for people who may not know what that means. <laughs> um, so semantic memory is factual memory. You, oh, yeah. you can memorize like specific facts. That's semantic memory. Tra- but your brain only has so much room in it. Yep. Um, and then semantic memory or um, transactive memory. You, I'm sorry. What, what are you saying, Kim? Uh, it's just a human condition. Look at the big brain on Brad. <laughs> it's just a human condition. Transactive memory is sort of outsourced memory, so it's sort of shared memory where you you because your brain only has so much that it can remember. Um, you rely on others to remember things for you. And I know we deal with this a lot because um, I I have some um, memory issue due to head trauma. Um, so it's it's a little bit different than, you know, the kind of what we're talking about. But there are times, there are things in my memory that are just, I don't remember. And so I rely on Steve to say, <laughs> this happened. And because I love you, I trust you, which is probably not a good idea. <laughs> Um, But that's transactive memory. The problem with the... So theoretically, the internet, um, it deals with our transactive memory. Like we don't have to rely on other people to remember things for us. We can just go to the internet. So theoretically, it frees up space in your brain for higher level thinking. Like you can create stuff now. You well, can ex- transcend to a higher level of inte- of human intelligence because there's less, you need less transactive memory. Well, I, I've, I've done that forever. I have a hard time remembering names because being in the army, oh, yeah. I just, I didn't try to remember names yeah. because if I forgot Somebody your name, all I had to look was on your shirt right there. Right. And I could see what your name was. And the same thing, I never tried to memorize data that I knew that I could easily reference by opening right. the book. So I didn't, yeah. I, didn't, I, and that was just me. Some people read a book and they will memorize everything in there. My mind would focus on other stuff because I knew that if I needed that data, I it's could. It's in that book. I knew, I knew where to go and I could pull that data up. Well, so it's that's interesting that works. you should say that because part of the the internet transactive memory and the, the part of what the internet has had the effect that it has had on our transactive memory is that we can't rem- we you can find information faster but you can't remember it as accurately like they've done tests on all of this stuff um I, again uh if you go to world psychiatry you've never crammed for a test um, well, no, it's different. So if you go to World Psychiatry and you just look, uh, like you you can find articles about this stuff. It's fascinating to me. But so um, if you, you, our brains are, I think it's evolution in real time. We are able to find information more quickly, but you can't remember it as accurately. So you get things like the Mandela effect, which we've talked about, I think, on the show before. Um, which is basically the concept that you what you remember, yeah, and that's not the case. Like you remember something, um, but it's not the way that you're remembering it is not accurate to the way it really was. Um, and so 
you would think that uh, not having to remember as much stuff would free up space in your brain to like really go to a new plane of human existence and human knowledge. But the the problem is that the people that are freeing up space in their brains are are not analytical. Well, let's give this example. So like the analysts are not the ones that are using the internet. Like they're smarter than that. And so the people that are the inventors and the creators are not Googling. Well, let, let, let's look at this. So like if you looked up something on Wikipedia, mm-hmm. you're going to get, when I say the facts, you're going to get the same. Mm-hmm. You're go, I, I'm going to, yeah. whatever I look up, I'm going to see, you can look up the same article. You're going to be see that. But think about if based off all this knowledge, based off the likes, my what I like, what I dislike, that if that Wikipedia Wikipedia article changed based to suit me. And like, okay, so let's talk like, think about the people who watch Fox News. They're they're watching that because they're they're wanting to see what they want to see that mm-hmm. if it's their beliefs versus the people who are going to say watch CNN, they're going to get their beliefs and their backup, and they're going to be supported. Like that's right. what I believe. So they're going to watch CNN. So people will use arguments on their websites that align with their beliefs, and that's we're seeing that right now. Oh yeah. I mean, just, I'd love to watch. I, I I love to read like the news articles, but it's getting to the point that like if someone will post something, say it's about coronavirus. I don't even need to read because yeah. it's going to be the same old comments every time from one group. Again, th- there's no honest research out there. People are only researching stuff that conform to their beliefs. You know what I kind of appreciate, though, is that we have, you know, we've kind of lamented the death of um, integrity in journalism uh, and and that there's no, like, unbiased journalism now. But I, I also simultaneously appreciate that these 24-hour news stations, they own it. Like, you know that Fox News is the conservative news channel. You know that MSNBC is the far-left news channel. And that CNN is the more middle-leading pretty left. I think most people would disagree that they're... They're getting more way, left. Way, they're getting think, more yeah, left every day. But it's been way to the left for a long time. But but the point is that like they're not even trying to disguise it anymore. They're very open. Like, yep, we're the right wing. Yep, we're the left wing. So you don't even have to really think for yourself about that anymore. You know, if you want, if you are conservative and you want to reinforce your beliefs, you watch Fox News. If you're a liberal. And you want to reinforce your beliefs, you don't watch Fox News or and, you watch CNN or MSNBC or whatever. And then, and then it's going to go back to the marketing that's on Fox is going to oh, be a little yeah. bit different than what's on CNN. And that goes back to... <laughs> Do you think they advertise Trumpy Bear on CNN? I, You know what? I don't know. But, you know, whatever they're advertising, they know what's going to oh, appeal sure. to, that, to that section of people that... Yeah, and, and again, that's it's old. that one like percent. It's big money, and oh, that's yeah. it's it's coming down to that. Yeah, and that's so old. Like the TV news, that's so old. Nobody watches that anymore. It's only old people that watch the news. You get all of your digital content on the internet, and so you know the up and coming generations. They don't even. They don't. A lot of them don't even watch cable news because they get it on the internet, and so it's a lot. Um, harder when you get pop-ups. Well, just like I predicted when we first went into our lockdowns with coronavirus, and this is me being the great philosopher, <laughs> I said, we don't even know how this is going to change the world. Oh, yeah. With, you know, is it going to be cheaper to send kids to school with a with a uh, <sighs> a Chromebook versus building a brick-and-mortar school? Now, we all know that kids still need to go out and they need to socialize, but there will be... A certain segment, they'll say we can't afford it. It's cheaper to do this. And it is a really think things are changing. That is, um, so uh, spoiler alert, spoiler alert. Uh, for our next show, we actually are going to be talking about coronavirus and education. Well, let's let's Um, talk about, and we're going to have some sort of experts in the field. But it's interesting that you bring that up 
because it is so um, kind of in the light of social media and the digital internet and everything. Um, I I have started working with uh, our granddaughters down the street um, on education and and doing their online schooling, and it's so interesting to me to watch them try to learn online versus like the ones that have been old enough that are old enough to have gone to school already and been in a traditional classroom and kind of the the difference in um well, how they learn and how they retain information and well, what they can understand and I, I, I talked to my mom this morning and she was talking about you know those poor kindergartners are having to do all this and how do they know how to get on and log on? And I said, but you know what? That's going to be their future. Yeah. And so the, the twins, they can log on. They can do all that stuff on their Chromebook. They know, and they're going to have to have that to survive when they're up looking for jobs and stuff like that. They but, can, but the interesting thing that I discovered today, I think that it really hinders critical thinking skills. Like I saw it firsthand. They had to, they had an article read to them and we asked, the, there was a question at the end, do you understand the content? And they said, no, like, I don't get it. I don't get why, why did we have to read this? But they could tell you what the article was about, but they didn't understand the why. I think that social media and the internet is really hurting our critical thinking ability. We can regurgitate stuff all day long, but can we think critically about it? Uh, and I think even for older generations, it's really hurting that critical thinking skills. Yeah. Well, let, let's just talk about Corona for a moment. The misinformation that's being spread, and I believe it's deliberate out there. Some people are deliberately trying to create a political divide yeah. amongst us for whatever, for, for whatever reason. If you wear a mask or you believe in masks, you're liberal. Non-maskers are conservative. They've turned a virus oh. into a political thing. And it's crazy to me that that's happened. You know, the sites you go to that fit your political beliefs are targeted based off your individual history. Again, at 1%, it's big money. Manipulation's been around, but now we have social media and digital platforms that spread this at warp speed. Yeah. That it's out there. If Goebbels would have had this during World War II, if, you know, Goebbels, he was... Hitler's propaganda minister. Think of what he would have been able to do if he would have had oh, the World gosh, Wide Web totally and social war. media. Yeah, I mean, think. Side about note: talking about masks. Uh, if just wear your mask in the stores. Don't give the retail workers a hard time. Don't give the the front end people a hard time. They don't make enough to deal with your nonsense. And just wear them. You're speaking from personal experience. Here. I am. Just okay. wear them. <laughs> yeah, it's it's. It's not that poor person at the yeah, counter that's making the we rules. We don't get okay. paid that much, so just wear your mask, please. Yeah, yeah. If, if you got a problem, don't please rant don't. and scream and yeah, pound on just desk. Don't. Just Ugh, take it out on somebody week. else. Yeah, Yeah. Okay. thank you. <laughs> but think about the divide we have today, but be honest with yourself of how you're thinking and why you're thinking you are. If you can really sit down and critically look at yourself and think about why am I thinking these things and then go back if you can do it and look at the website you've gone to mm -hmm. look at the news and what you've researched are you researching stuff that only fits your narrative and what you want to believe because mm -hmm. it makes you feel good that look all these people believe I must look how smart I am because Look at all these people that agree with me. Yeah. Folks, you've got to look at both sides and try to figure out where the truth lies somewhere in the middle of this. Oh, absolutely. It, yeah. It's you gotta be honest with yourself. Um Yeah. That and that and that's hard. That's hard to really be truthful and really um kind of examine your own biases. And you you've gotta look at it. There are people making money basing and trying to make social discord to spread hate in mm. culture wars and such like that. It, it's if it's hard to imagine how for much the product you are the product. It, it's hard to imagine how much we're getting played to oh, make yes. all this happen. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it all goes back to that psychology. If you believe this, you're going to go to these specific sites. Mm -hmm. You're going to do this, and you're going to get targeted and marketed, and it's going to just further support what you have this preconceived notion of and you've got to be intellectually smart enough to say 
I need to go and research the other side and be able to put two and two together and find out what's real with this stuff. And if you want to, you know, we're not saying don't have your belief system and don't foster whatever Absolutely not. But understand where the other side's coming from. Yeah, yeah. Make, well, and make... You know, if you choose to watch one network or the other network or you choose to make a purchase or you choose to support an organization or you choose to follow this page or that page or whatever, fine, great. But just do it with your eyes wide open well, and yeah. understand what is going on behind the curtain and and then well, make your choices well, of what you're going to follow and what you're going to support well, and how you're going to have an internet presence. If... Look at, go back and look at your Facebook and the memes and stuff you're spreading. Are those memes are your original thought you're creating or all are, or are all you doing is forwarding that share button, hitting a share button and forwarding another meme that was created by who knows where, maybe in China, maybe in Russia, maybe in North Korea. You don't know. You really, really don't know. And all people are doing is hitting share and forwarding something that you have no idea, no, you don't know how much truth is behind it, but you're willing to share it because it supports what you want to believe. And that isn't always a good thing for us right now. I will say um, I am a lesson in a sort of a social experiment, I guess. Uh, I have cut down on my social media usage and I find that I am much happier. Well, yay. <laughs> <laughs> so I am I am less stressed. I am able, when stresses come along, I'm able to deal with them better. Um, it doesn't, uh, you know, we had something kind of negative happen today. Um, and or I think the Kim from six months ago would have freaked out about it much worse than the Kim from today. The yeah. Kim from today just kind of was like, all right, we had a setback. Let's move forward. Yay. Whereas the Woo-hoo. Kim from six months ago would have been like, oh my gosh, the world is been, ending, the sky is falling. I would like, have been dealing in tears right now. Yeah, you really yeah. would have. Yeah. Um, and honestly, I do think that it's because I spend less time on social media. Anyway, this stuff that we're talking about, it's not conspiracy theory stuff. This is all well-documented. Folks, this is real stuff that's going on. Yeah, there are... Conspiracy theories out there, they're being spread. You just got to watch for it and understand yeah. what you're doing. But it's real, and you got to realize it's about political, social ma- manipulation, and it's about big, big dollars. And if you don't believe that, then I, I, I really don't know what to say, but it's about big, big dollars. Oh, yeah. So if you can only look at something on the very surface level that I'm spreading my whatever I'll make my political thought, you understand how deep this goes and you're spreading your political thought, but you got to understand how much you're being manipulated to spread that political thought. Not yep. that you don't have your own original thoughts, yeah, but and it's great to have if you, if you want to be conservative, if you want to be liberal, yeah, do you, that's do you. fine, but understand what's really happening behind the scenes right here. Absolutely. Yeah. So like we said at the beginning, the social media giants, they didn't start out to be evil. And like we said earlier, the guy who invented the like button, he had no clue that this would turn into what it did. And th- there was no conspiracy theory at the beginning. I don't believe that we're, we're going to do all this stuff to change the world in this matter. Right. I think it, you know, human nature just took over, and that's what happened. So I guess the real question is going to come down to right now— the internet is completely unregulated in these things. Like used to Saturday morning cartoons, the, the, you, know, you weren't allowed to show certain things because they they understood that kids would be manipulated and you mm-hmm. couldn't do that. Right now, they don't have these rules on the internet. And so people, this stuff can just go like the Wild West right now and it, it's happening out there. Uh, look, we aren't saying anything about all this and just putting it out there. We're not against social media. No, not we're at all. Nothing like that. And we're not against Google. We're not against Facebook because these are good platforms. These yeah. are good tools. There's a lot of great things that come from this. But just as a consumer, as a person, be aware of what's 
going on not just behind the scenes, but way, way down deep behind the scenes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we would love to hear your thoughts. Uh, shout out to our buddy Steve, who finally made it through the Revolutionary War series. Um, we we are we're, He wrote to us and said that he didn't think it was boring at all. So good job, honey, on researching that. Um, and, and thank you, Steve, for your feedback. Uh, and so we would love to hear what you think about social media. Um, if you have watched, uh, go, you can watch the social, uh, what's it called? The social divide. No dilemma. (laughs) The social dilemma is on Netflix right now. Um, I would love to hear what you think about it. I, I absolutely loved it. Um, there definitely were some, uh, I, I did have some issues with it. You kind of mentioned at the beginning um, that they don't really provide a solution to the problem. Um, but if you want to talk about it, we would love to hear it. You can write to us at alosthour at gmail.com. You can find us on all the social medias. on Because we're making a ton of money uh, Yeah, this. we totally are. Um, you can find us on Facebook at An Hour of Your Life. You can find us on Instagram at An Hour of Your Life. You can find us on Twitter at alosthour. Um, so write to us. Let us know what you think after you've mined social media. Uh, tune in in a few days, actually. Um, very soon we will have an a two twofer interview. We're interviewing two people uh, on our next show about coronavirus in school. Uh, and I think it, I'm really excited about that one. It'll be interesting. Oh, yeah. So and then any- we have some other good stuff coming up yeah. very, very soon. Spooky October. Spooky October is coming. I'm so excited. All right. So from our studios in Sugar Creek Township. Thanks for spending an hour of your life with us. Again, check out The Social Dilemma on Netflix and other sources come from World Psychiatry.